Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay podcast. As you know, on this podcast, rather than looking at movies in terms of two thumbs up, two thumbs down, loved it or hated it, we look at movies in terms of what we can learn from them as screenwriters. We look at good movies, we look at bad movies, we look at movies that we loved, and we, looked at, and we look at movies that we hated. And today we're going to be looking at a different form of screenwriting. We're going to be looking at a miniseries. We're going to be looking at the HBO miniseries, Show Me a Hero. It has been an incredibly exciting time for writers of miniseries. The miniseries was all but dead in the water a couple years ago. Recently, we've seen a resurgence in miniseries sparked by the success of True Detective. And as a writer who had his history in miniseries, um, it's exciting to see this resurgence. In a way, the miniseries is the ideal form of storytelling for a screenwriter. In feature films, we are so limited by the length of time we have, trying to squeeze a life-changing journey into an hour and a half. But in the world of miniseries, we actually have the thing that most screenwriters don't have, the thing that novelists are blessed with. We have time. And because we have time, we're able to explore things like world we're able to explore things like complicated intersecting storylines. We're able to explore things like multiple characters' point of view. And it's not that these things can't be done in a screenplay. It's just that when we do it in a screenplay, we severely limit the number of pages we can dedicate to each character. Whereas in a miniseries like Show Me a Hero, we can actually explore these multiple storylines without diminishing our ability to serve our main character. And while we're talking about Show Me a Hero, I do have to give a shout out to the fabulous Laura Gomez, uh, one of my students, a Jacob Kruger Studio alum, and uh, a brilliant actress who's one of the stars of Show Me a Hero. Uh, Laura, I am just so incredibly proud of you. But the reason I want to talk about Show Me a Hero is not because it's a miniseries, and not because of its stellar cast, and not because of the extraordinary writers involved, David Simon of The Wire uh, and Paul Haggis, the writer of Crash, who directed every episode. And it's not because it's a miniseries. I want to talk about Show Me a Hero because of the way that Show Me a Hero broke the rules. Show Me a Hero broke the first commandment. Thou must have an active main character. And Show Me a Hero simply does not. If Show Me a Hero didn't work for you, there's a good chance that this is the reason. And if Show Me a Hero did work for you, there's a good chance that this is the reason. Because the choice to have an inactive protagonist is related directly to the theme and the ironic title of Show Me a Hero. Because what's brilliant about the character of Nick Wasisko, played by Oscar Isaac, is that he is not a hero. 
spoilers ahead, Nick Wasisko gets elected on a platform about keeping blacks out of a white neighborhood in Yonkers. And he doesn't get elected on that platform because he believes that blacks should be kept out of white neighborhoods in Yonkers. In fact, he has voted similarly to the incumbent mayor on this issue in all but one vote. The only difference between Nick Wasisko and the current mayor is that Nick voted to try to appeal the decision to bring blacks into this white community, to bring affordable housing into this white community, while the mayor realized that that was a fight not worth having. In fact, if there's a hero at all in Show Me a Hero, it's a very minor character of the judge, the character that most people would have built Show Me a Hero around is the character of the judge. He's the obvious hero. He's the guy who says, no, you must build these affordable housing units on the white side of town. No, I will find your city into bankruptcy if I have to. No, I don't care if it's popular. Nick Wachisco cares about only one thing. Nick Wachisco really wants to be mayor. So he gets swept to victory based on what his constituents believe is a moral conviction, but really what is simply a slightly different vote. And once he's in power, he promptly switches sides. Now, this could be a heroic act. This could be like watching Yitzhak Rabin try to make peace with the Palestinians. But it's not. Because the only thing that makes Nick Wachisco change his mind is that he realizes that the judge is not going to take no for an answer. That he learns that any attempt to appeal is not going to work, exactly as the former mayor knew. And he realizes that it's not politically possible to fight this without destroying his town. So Nick Wachisco switches sides. In fact, despite his absolutely repugnant views, the character who's actually taking action based on his moral conviction is Hank Spallone, played by Alfred Molina, the totally racist local congressman who's willing to bankrupt his own city to fight for his beliefs. Now, we might not believe in his beliefs, I certainly hope. But here's a man who's actually taking a moral stand, just like the judge is taking a moral stand. Here's a guy who's acting out of his convictions, just like the judge on the other side is acting out of his convictions. Whereas Nick Wachisco, the only conviction he's acting out of is the conviction that he doesn't have a choice. Now, in most movies... This is the opposite of the structure you want to build. In most movies, you want to build the structure where you either say, well, screw this Nick Wachisco guy who doesn't do anything. Screw this Nick Wachisco guy who gets rewarded as a prize for a forward thinker on race 
for doing what he's forced to do. Let's focus on the judge, or let's focus on Hank. Let's focus on a character who's actually doing something. Or alternatively, the common wisdom would say, well, let's figure out an arc for Nick. Let's figure out a structure that does give Nick choices. Let's figure out, without getting away from history, let's look at the real history and find the real choices that Nick made. Find the real situations in which he could have done one thing but chose to do another. There are moments where Nick makes those kinds of choices, but none of those choices are heroic. For example, Nick makes the decision to drop out of the race to get reelected as mayor, not because he believes in the candidate, not because he believes in the party, not because he believes that this is going to benefit anyone, but because it's politically expedient, because he believes that he will be rewarded. Nick, it's suggested, cheats on his wife. His wife, who pretty much stands by him through just about anything. It's suggested that he has cheated consistently on his wife during his business trips, although that's something that we never actually see in the movie. And we have seen with our own eyes his decision to try to kiss his best friend Vinny, played by Winona Ryder. And as if that weren't non-heroic enough, he makes the non-heroic decision to betray his best friend and run against Vinny for her seat. Not based on principles, not based on a genuine change in their relationship, not based on anything that she has done or anything that she believes, based purely on his ambition, his driving need to be in office, to drive his career forward. In fact, even his final decision his suicide is not like a monk setting himself on fire in protest of the Chinese government. This is a man who abandons his wife and kills himself because he can't handle not being in office, because he confuses love for votes, because, as his wife suggests, the only thing that he believes in is himself. So how does Show Me a Hero get away with this? Well, you might argue that it doesn't. And certainly some people have. And its place in HBO's schedule seems to suggest that some HBO executives may feel that it didn't. You can argue that it didn't because there is a strong feeling that Show Me a Hero lacks a certain drive, lacks a certain drumbeat that we've come to expect in movies. There's a feeling as we watch Show Me a Hero that not much is happening, or if much is happening, it's happening around the character rather than by him. There is a feeling in watching Show Me a Hero that not a lot of choices are being made and that honestly, outside of the vehemently anti-housing housewife who goes on the journey of supporting this community and outside the stories of some of the residents who end up moving into those houses, you could suggest that 
there's not a lot of action being driven by the main characters, and there's not a lot of structure actually happening around the spine of the movie. And this is a challenging thing. So you could make the argument that Show Me a Hero doesn't work. And you can also make the argument that this is exactly what makes Show Me a Hero brilliant. Because like most of David Simon's work, this is a movie about the system. If you want to learn about TV drama, study The Wire. Because The Wire epitomizes the idea that's central to all TV drama. An idea I hear Stephen Moulton, who teaches our TV drama classes, talk about all the time. The idea of engine. The engine of The Wire is a structure in which two out-of-the-box thinkers, one on the legal side and one on the criminal side, two out-of-the-box thinkers come up with a brilliant idea and get crushed by a system. And we watch this happen in every single episode. And this is why season two of The Wire works, even though so many characters die off in season one. Because the structure, the engine, the drive of the movie is not based on any one character. The structure, the engine, the drive of the movie is based on the idea of out-of-the-box thinkers almost getting out, almost changing society with their ideas, only to be crushed by the system. And in this way, The Wire is the opposite of Game of Thrones. If you've seen season two versus season one of Game of Thrones, you saw how challenging it was to get the structure driving again once they'd killed off Ned Stark and once they'd killed off the barbarian to whom the dragon lady is married. Most movies are built around the structure of the main character's choices. So when you kill off those main characters, that structure falls apart. But David Simon's work is built in a different way. He's using a different kind of structure in The Wire, and he's using a different kind of structure here. He's using a structure built around the system. In this way, Show Me a Hero is almost a mirror image reflection of The Wire. It's like the opposite. In The Wire, we watch out-of-the-box thinkers strive against the system and get destroyed by it. Whereas in Show Me a Hero, the actual engine is watching characters fail to strive against the system, watching characters play inside of the system while change happens around them and often despite them. Now, part of the reason that that works to the degree that it works in Show Me a Hero is because it is a miniseries format. Because that expanded format of miniseries gives us the freedom to allow the story to feel driven by the secondary characters, even though the main character is not really driving the action. But the other reason it works in Show Me a Hero is because it is so distinctly tied to what the writer is doing, the why of why the writer is doing this, and the vision and the engine of what the writer is building. It's so easy as a writer to get trapped by these ideas of what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what you must do, and what a structure must be. 
But the truth is, any rule of screenwriting cannot be divorced from the question of what that rule serves. What are you using that rule to build? Breaking the rules does come with a cost. So if show me a hero felt slow to you, if show me a hero felt boring to you, if show me a hero felt unsatisfying to you in some way, know that you're supposed to feel that way. Because the ironic title of show me a hero is not about David Simon's belief in the heroism of Nick Wasiska. It's not because David Simon believes that that award that Nick won was rightly deserved. It's because David Simon is asking, how can we find a hero inside a system that looks like this? When you're building a movie, your job is not to replicate the rules that worked for other people. Your job is to ask yourself, what am I really building? What am I really writing? What is this really about for me? And then to create your own rules, the rules that will best serve the story that you want to tell. Those rules become the engine of your story, whether it's a miniseries, a TV drama, or a feature film. Those rules become the simple North Star that you can come back and look to when you're wondering where you are and what decisions you're supposed to make. But those rules do not exist in a vacuum. Not even the first commandment, thou shalt have an active main character, exists in a vacuum. Those rules only exist to serve one thing. Your voice as a writer and the story that you want to tell. If you want to learn more about writing TV drama series and miniseries, I invite you to check out our TV drama classes. These classes are taught in a really unique format. They're run like an actual writer's room on a TV series where we take 12 student writers and pair them up with a working screenwriter who can play the role of showrunner. On your day, you pitch your miniseries or series, and you work as a team with the rest of your class, just like you do in a real writer's room, to develop the structure, the engine, the characters, and the rules that are going to drive your story. And once you've finished your episode, you get a one-on-one -on -one session to meet with your teacher and bring shape to the story that you've written. If you want to learn more about those classes, you can visit our website, www.writeyourscreenplay.com slash tvdrama. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and happy writing.